Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Los Angeles-based jazz vibraphonist Lolly Allen. During late March 2020 in Los Angeles, as the quarantine started to really take hold, we talked about her latest 2020 CD called Coming Home. Very apropos for times right now. Over the years, she has performed with the best, like Terry Gibbs, Bob Menzer, Rodney Whitaker, Maria Schneider, and the Jazz Composers Alliance. Originally from Westport, New York, Lolly studied on scholarship at the New England Conservatory, and she has a great jazz story. So please dig this interview. Yeah, everyone's surviving here in L.A. Everybody's uh, staying home. The roads are clear, which is really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. Any Anytime I hear that either New York or L.A. is a ghost town, it's very strange. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, honestly. It's really weird, but it's pretty cool. Um, well, I, I guess the hope here, and this is what I'm thinking, because I've been doing enough interviews between L.A., New York, New Orleans, and places in between, and I can attest to Kansas City. Hopefully all of this emptiness, the stats start reflecting that soon. Now, dense areas like New York and some of these other areas are going to be a little bit of a different story, but hopefully in a resounding way all of this starts working and all of this starts getting to a better point. I hope also there will be some really positive outcomes, you know, just like a revolution the way we um, – do business and the way we spend quality time at home, you know. I mean, so many yeah. people are getting getting to uh, spend more time with their families and work from home. And I got to say, in L.A., it's nice. Like I said, the traffic is just that that makes quality of life go way down in L.A. It's just terrible to have to sit in an hour and a half traffic every time you want to go somewhere and everybody's angry all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. It's actually so refreshing to, you know, have, like, a little less smog and a little more, I don't know, just uh, relaxed. I hope, I hope, it's, uh, hope it carries over in some positive way. That's, yeah, you can, you can only hope, you know. Um, that's definitely the hope. So, um, yeah. but, you know, under special circumstances and just in general, thanks for taking a minute out to talk about your music and what's going on in the world. Hey, my pleasure. I'm always happy to talk about jazz. Right on. Always. So the vibes is one of our favorite instruments around here, and I've really enjoyed coming home. So talk to me a little bit about what your vision with this project was. Well, my vision with this project, okay, um, I I did a small project when I was in living in Boston, um, which was years before I moved to California. And it was more of a trio uh trio album. I called it I called it Alan Has Funk because the the core trio was John Funkhauser, John Hazilla, and of course my last name is Alan. So it wasn't it wasn't a funk album. It was just kind of a clever play on our last names. But um, you know it it was good. Uh, but the drummer I was working with out here in L.A., um, Paul Krabic, 
who is a you know veteran performer and he played with Ray Charles um for a while on the road with him he said hey we should do an album and for me it, it you know it had been kind of a while and i wanted to do a larger project quintet um once we got into recording the project i realized um hey, you know, I think we can expand this a little bit and include some special guest musicians on it. And uh, let's do a few nine-piece arrangements and let's bring some of my favorite um, L.A. guys in to, to fill out on a couple songs, you know, the rest of the ensemble. Um, so there was a couple pieces that feature uh, trumpet player Carl Saunders on a, a song that he wrote called Lolly's Folly, which is kind of fun for me. Um, and we we actually recorded more material than we ended up using. I wasn't sure what was going to, to be honest, I wasn't sure what was going to gel together really well. And some of the things we recorded, I just didn't feel, you know, when I listened back to them, well, this kind of doesn't quite, you know, it sticks out a little bit in a way. It doesn't quite fit the flavor. Um, but but some of them just absolutely – I had actually three takes of Hippus Cat in Hollywood with different, you know, different solos on all three takes. And um, they, all of them for me – I wanted to put all three of them on the album. <laughs> you know, like some of the old um, – some of the, the records with multiple takes, like the Thelonious Monk records. Um you know, I could listen to take after take of the same song, but maybe not everybody else wants to do that. So anyway, boiled it down to some of the songs that I thought really sounded just right together. Um, and I'm pretty happy with it. It's got a nice mix of, you know, some ballads, some Latin-influenced, and some bebop. So... Talk to me. You, you're originally from New York. Yes, originally from upstate New York, very small town, Westport. So, talk to me a little bit about your childhood. How you got into music, and what were some early influences for you? Let's see. My early influences. You know, I at a very young age we had a piano, so at a very young age. I wanted to play, you know, the piano. Um, when I was three, I had a toy xylophone, you know, one of those fisher type multicolored uh, xylophone actually on a string. And I remember that, and it was, you know, it was one of my favorite toys. But I really loved making music. I loved producing sound. Um, when I heard some of the... Arrangements that we played in our uh, junior high and high school jazz band at, at school, I was really drawn into the Duke Ellington music and anything that was really what I felt like was true jazz. You know, in high school, sometimes you play a lot of other music as well. You know, stage band, they'll, they'll find an arrangement of Louis Louie and you play that. <laughs> that for me was not... That for me wasn't it. it. There's something really deeply missing in that. But when we played Duke Ellington, to me there was something just so 
so right about it. Um, the arrangements for me were just like sonically superior <laughs> to everything else we played. Um, they sounded really nice. So I think that really got got the bug. I got the bug um, playing that music. Right on. So what do you like best about being a professional musician? Well, okay, the best thing I like about being a professional musician. Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think I would have to say working together with people that I get excited about, um, that I'm inspired by. And, you know, early on, I've tried to surround myself with just the absolute you know, top-notch musicians. Surround myself with people who were better than I was um, early on. And I think that inspired me and helped me grow and rise to the occasion. You know, it made me a better musician. Um, and so I think, I think now my favorite thing to do is really just collaborate with people that I am inspired by. Um, and that could be, you know, on the recording, for example, I got to work with Josh Nelson, who's a fantastic composer and arranger and musician and improviser. And he's he's done, you know, a fair amount of recordings, really nice recordings. And it's just really inspiring to, you know, play a song that I wrote um, and arranged and have the guys shine so brightly on it. Right now I'm talking about the uh, title track, Coming Home. Wow, I was so excited in the studio when we did, um, we, we really landed on a version of that that we all knew, wow, this is, this is really sounding great. I mean, it was really exciting. You know, during, during the actual recording, um, I just remember grinning ear to ear. You know, sometimes I bounce up and down and I get excited. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't maybe hear that. You can't hear me bouncing up and down on the recording. Yeah. Or maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe you can hear that in some way. Let me ask you this. Why do you love jazz? Why do I love jazz? I, <laughs> uh, that's a, that question's funny. Uh, I mean, why does anyone love anything? I I think it's just um, there's a few reasons though. Um, my parents they loved music. My mom took me out to go to jazz clubs, and that was something she loved. She loved music. She loved jazz. She loved live performances, and obviously that got inside me. Um, I think, you know, early on, like I mentioned, um, performing in a band in school and hearing Duke Ellington and some of the other composers that we performed, you know, playing that music live. Um, I, I think something lives inside me. I think something inside me resonates with that music in a way that I can't fully explain. Um, but throughout the years, people that I've known, that I've 
cherished and respected have influenced me in a way that maybe I've created associations, you know. Um, maybe I've created associations with this music and with the feeling of love. But there's also something else that lives inside me. Just the sound of it is right. The feeling of it, the the groove, you know. Um, when swing really swings in a way that feels right to me, I know it. You know, it's something you know sort of intuitively, instinctively that you feel inside you. Well, I just wanted to know what you wanted the audience to get after, you know, it, 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 once live music starts back up, what realizations do you want them to have? Oh, God, got it, got it. So specifically with jazz, um, it is a kind of music that, you know, in, in ensembles, we really need each other. Um, it's not something that you can just sort of, um, you know, create a drum track and then layer another track and just sort of, it's something that happens through the collaboration of musicians that are improvising together, making making jazz music. And it really has to be done live. Um, it, it obviously, yes, we record it and there's there's great recordings. But even with that, you're you're usually making music in that moment. Um something you didn't know going in, you know, you didn't know what you were going to play going into it. Um, when somebody improvises, they're responding to what's going on in that moment around them. You know, whoever's accompanying, if there's, a, you know, a melodic line happening, if I'm playing a melodic line on the vibe and there's a piano player accompanying, we're, we're interacting in the moment in real time in a way that um, you, you can't really do any other way except by being together. And then the, the same is with, you know, you add drums into that, you add bass into that. Everybody's listening to each other and responding to each other in the moment. And sure, there's a framework, there's chord progressions, you know, you know, you know the framework of the song, but you don't know exactly what's going to come out of it. Um, you don't know exactly what you're going to play usually until you get there and respond to what's happening in that moment. So I think that's very exciting, and I think we miss that, you know, uh, being stuck at home <laughs> yeah. without the ability to come together. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, hey, thank you for taking some time out to talk about the new album and to talk about your life and music. I appreciate your time today. Joe, it is entirely my pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Los Angeles, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Lolly for her time, music, and stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends, and please support the arts. Jazz.